My name is Caroline. I'm French and I'm an interior decorator living in Iceland for more than one year for the only reason we fell in love with this amazing country. Every week with this podcast, my goal is to give you advice so that your decoration and your home really look like you and not your neighbors. I want to share with you my tips, ideas and new trends to help you create a new, colorful and unique decoration. Here is a new episode of Bonjour Deco podcast. In last week's podcast, I talked about decoration for the outdoor. I tried to give you many tips uh, to take all the advantages of having an outdoor space, but I was completely unable to give you any advice about gardening, plants, flowers, etc. So this week, I decided to invite an expert about this. My expert today is a landscape architect and gardener and is going to give us a lot of information about gardening. Hi, Stefan. How are you doing? Hi. I'm doing fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well too. Um, I'm really happy to have you today uh, as my guest. So um, we're going to, I hope you will help us with gardening since uh, if I don't know if the listeners are as bad as I am, but I need a lot of advice. So I propose you to start uh, by telling us about you. Can you just tell us how you became a landscape architect uh, and a gardener? Was it something like a passion from the very beginning or? Yeah, well, I'm just happy to be here and uh, I hope that your listeners will uh, learn a little bit from me today. Um, <clears throat> now, the, the, being a landscape architect was not a passion. Uh, actually, I was, uh, I've, been, I've been interested in gardening since I was a kid. And I always took care of my mom's garden. And when that wasn't big enough for me, I started renovating my great-grandmother's garden on the farm where I grew up. And I just, I never thought about working with it. It was just a hobby. Mm -hmm. And I was actually going to be a teacher and was planning on applying for, for going to, to school for, for, for that. But mm -hmm. somehow, I'm not quite sure why I applied for the landscape architecture studies. But <laughs> I got in. And uh, in any other country, I probably wouldn't have gotten in because uh, I cannot draw. I'm very unable to draw by hand. Mm. So even stick figures, well, maybe stick figures, but nothing, nothing more than that. But I got in there and almost quit in the first semester because it was, I thought I was just going to learn how to plan my garden, nothing more, more. but landscape architecture is so much more than that. And, uh, mm. uh, yeah, but uh, I stuck to it and I uh, finished it and it was quite, it's quite interesting. So you never was a teacher? No, uh, not, not a certified teacher, but I've, I have taught at, at schools and uh, I like it very much. And actually, when I moved back back to Iceland after finishing my master's degree in Denmark, I I wanted to do the do the do a master's in education, but my bachelor degree bachelor degree wasn't good enough for that, because I don't have a degree in languages from mathematics or or from uh, basic sciences, so it doesn't. I would I would have had to start all over again for five years and I didn't want to do that. Okay, good. 
so today, where are you working? Are you working for your own company, for someone uh, else? I've been uh, working here and there for the last couple of years, but uh, recently, uh, last year, last last week, actually, I, I started a new job. I'm a municipal gardener for Snæfellsbær, which is uh, Olafsvík, Hellisandur and Rif on the edge of Snæfellsnes, just just underneath the glacier. Oh. And then uh, the countryside around around the glacier also. And people have been asking, why are you going there? Because there's there, nothing grows there. There's no vegetation in this municipality. So why have you been there? <laughs> uh, like the challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounded quite interesting to be a gardener in a municipality where nothing grows. Yeah. So that will be your next challenge. Yes. So I'll be here for the next 18 months or so at least. Okay. And it's been, so far it's been a great experience. People are very happy to see me because there hasn't been a gardener in the area for, for some years. So the little vegetation that is, is getting uh, out of hand. It's, uh, it's not been tended to. So uh, it's very nice. Yeah, I think you've got everything to create. Yes. Yeah, so that's I've, exciting. I, a, I just I, I have a clean canvas in front of front of me, yeah. an empty canvas. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. And this, so I'm not good at all about gardening. But my first, and I'm not Icelandic, but my first big questions would be, what about the Icelandic weather? How do we cope with it? How so? Yeah. What what are the things that people should know, people living in Iceland should know about the Icelandic weather. How do we manage with it? With all the, uh, when it's cold, with all the winds, with all the storms. Yeah. Do you have any advice for taking care of nature with the weather? Be patient and work with the weather and don't try to fight it. No. Uh, we have extremes in all directions here. You can have a learn of two days, you can have a snowstorm, a rainstorm, and sunny, and you can have all kinds of weather just in a matter of a couple of days. And uh, yeah, you actually, when you plan a garden here, you have to kind of study the microclimate in, ex in that exact spot. Okay. It's not like when you're in Europe or America, you just uh, check which zone you're in, and then you know which plants you can grow. Uh, it doesn't work qu quite like that here. For example, here where I'm now in Olafsvik, um, I have to think about all the salt that comes from the sea, which plants can, can tolerate the salt. And the house where I live in, the, with the wind is blowing from the southeast, you can't stand outside my house. But if I just travel a kilometer to the west, I'm sheltered and everything is fine. But then again, if the wind is blowing from the southwest, then the wind is blowing very heavily over there, but I can feel it at my house. house. Yeah. So uh, you, have to, you have to study how the weather acts in your exact spot. And does it always um, react in the same way? Do you, I mean, can we draw conclusions from the weather? Or are we always surprised by it? Uh, no, we, it is predictable. Okay. Uh, 
that's the good point. <laughs> yeah, but uh, up to a little, I mean, the weather is never predictable and so, not in Iceland. No, but uh, if it if it is blowing from one direction, you know what's happening when it blows from that direction. You can so, uh, you can draw conclusions. Okay. Yeah. So, what are the main difficulties about being a landscape architect, a gardener in Iceland versus other countries? Uh, is it just the fact that we have to adapt a lot, or what is um, main? Yeah, the main challenge, the main difficulties that we should keep in mind. Of course, the weather uh, is a main difficulty, but also the the society. Because uh, I've worked in Denmark and Germany, and there, if you're a gardener, people trust you know you know best, you know what to do. But here in Iceland, everybody thinks they're a gardener. Okay. So. I don't. You, no, but you're French, you're not Icelandic. <laughs> uh, you're hired for a job. And I go to the spot and tell them, you know, what I would do, what you know, what I'm what I see and what could happen and stuff. But a lot of my customers, they know better. They think they know better. So we have to use uh, a lot of different methods of psychology to cope with our clients to we, we, we you get good at um, letting people think that they have made a decision okay. but you have manipulated them to make the decision they want them to make <laughs> the main challenge here is the people more than the weather okay uh, well, i didn't expect you would answer this at all that's <laughs> Surprising. And do you have an explanation why? Is it because Icelanders are very used to dealing with nature and they uh, nature quite well? Or? No, I think it's we just two, two generations ago we moved out of earth cottages mm -hmm. and we are still uh, in our heart, we are living off the earth. We think we know everything. We, 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 we still feel that we need to survive on our own. Okay. Or I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, well, but I do understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's why it is like that. Yeah, it's your Viking origins that I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, so if now we move to more tips and general advice um, about gardening. Are there different steps that we should um, follow when we want to design our garden? Are they, I was also thinking, is there a precise calendar to follow? Yeah, of In course. In order to follow the nature, of course. Um, uh, first of all, if you are planning your garden, you have to just, just like when you're planning your house or whatever you have to make a list of what you want mm -hmm. what what do you want out of your garden do you want a big soccer field for your kids or do you want a huge lawn or do you just want a lot of flowers or do you want a vegetable patch what do you want mm -hmm. and what i tell people is that i always tell them that everybody in the house writes down a wish list no matter how 
that they don't have to be realistic about it. Just whatever they dream about heaven in the garden, and then we seed out after after that. Mm-hmm. That's always the first step of planning. Uh, but it's if you funny. Are, it's funny actually because you really work exactly like me. That's ex- yeah. always my first step. Also, just to make people aware what they need, uh, what's their lifestyle. Uh, what are their desires? What is their person? It's already the beginning, also, of any design project. So it's your work is exactly <laughs> the same, finally. Yeah, I mean, we are doing the same thing, just in yeah. a different area of the. Well, I'm indoors, but it's exactly the same thing, yeah. The garden is just one more room of the house, so we're just in different areas of the house. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, and uh, the calendar is uh, not predictable. Because uh, sometimes we have spring already in March, and other years we don't have spring until late May or early June. So uh, we do not have a preci- precise calendar to follow. But uh, some chores you can always do in same parts of the year. Like now, I'm pruning all the trees. You, I'm getting a little bit almost too late to do it. We want to do it before they start to. Uh, before the buds start to form and open. Usually you want to do it before the so Easter is usually our, the time when you want to have it done. And that's just one of the things that you do in, in uh, according to the calendar. But otherwise, it's you have to plan and then make adjustments according how to the weather in that year. And okay. I mean, you can't go out and plant if there is still snow. And sometimes we have snow late and late into May. Yeah. Some parts of Iceland now, the north, they still have, I don't know, two feet of snow or something. I know. I've seen some photos from there. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah, so in fact, you don't have the same calendar. Also, different on, depending on the different region of Iceland. Yes. So it's, um, <clears throat> Okay, um, and then so you say that. So what are the main steps? So you said taking care of the trees right now, and then. Did, um, so if I had a, just a, just mean the main steps. If 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 I was building a lawn at the moment, mm-hmm. is that? So I have everybody's ideas. We have seeded out what is possible and changed some of them to make, you know, we've made alterations, you know, somebody wants a bunker bed and we have found a way to include the bunker bed and so on. Uh, The first thing we do now is to uh, place everything, find the right spot. You don't want to plant your vegetables in shade and you don't want to park your car far into the lawn. You, You want it closer to the road and so on. So you have to you have to make you have to divide the garden into rooms with with different functions and the first thing i usually do is we i start on the lawn the the grass part and the the patios so everything that you walk on we that that's the first priority okay. so uh if you if you want uh uh, patio outside your kitchen or whatever, then 
that would be the first thing to do. Because uh, sometimes you need heavy machinery for it and stuff. So you don't want to have already laid out everything in front of it and then have to drive a truck over to to get the, the gravel under the patio or so. So everything that requires machinery and so on, you start with. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, yeah, then it, it kind of depends on on each and every customer, how you act from there. Uh, some people want their vegetables right away. Some people just, I don't, I don't want the vegetable patch until next year. And it just depends on the needs and wants of each and every gardener, uh, garden owner, what, what steps you take from there. Uh, but for example, is there, um more or less a date where to when to start with the vegetable so when to start with the flowers or you have to there are order for this uh, what is the likelihood of night frost for example now uh, we have a new moon on the 21st or 22nd of may okay. you will not you should not plant anything before that date and then we have a full moon on the 6th of june or so and by that date, it should be safe to put everything out. Uh, plant your, plant your pre-grown vegetables and your summer flowers and so on. Uh, but just we, you always have to be careful and check the long-term forecast. See if there's something that, if there is the possibility of a night frost, then you're better off waiting a couple of days. Okay. And then during the summer, what kind of work should we do in the garden? Um, the first thing you do, uh, just as soon as you can, uh, usually around Easter or so, you prune all your trees and bushes. And uh, if you have never done it before, you should have a gardener come and do it for you the first time and go through it with him and see what he does to different species because some species you want to cut in shapes like just a hatch but other species species you you weed out you cut out the oldest branches and just it it, it differs from 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 uh, species to species and the next thing you do is prepare your flower beds uh, remove all all the dead stuff from the from the perennials and uh, get out, uh, take out all the leftover weeds from last year and so on and prepare the soil if you need to uh, mix into it some fertilizer, uh, cow dung or whatever you have. Well, you don't really want cow dung, but uh, some uh, either uh, biological or, or, or uh, manufactured fertilizer, you can do that now and by the time it's it's time to plant out your your vegetables and your uh, annuals you have prepared everything so as soon as you are you can the day you want to plant out you're ready you don't have to start by preparing the beds that day I understand. So, um and then um, if you have if you have uh, if you have hatches that you prune you should do it 
more than twice this summer. Most Icelanders do it once or twice, and we have a lot of uh, salix in our uh, hedges, which means uh, the salix grows too much and it gets too open in the bottom. You probably have noticed it if you, well, you will notice it from now on at least. <laughs> and because uh, uh, if you don't cut it, if you if you just cut it now and then again in August or something, then it may have grown 80 or 90 centimeters maybe. And then you are, then all the power from the roots have gone through to growing new parts instead of, of maintaining the older ones. And, and now you have no beds to fill up the gaps in the bottom. So you, you should do it three, four, five times over the summer. Okay. Uh, I have a friend who's a gardener. I, he prunes his, his uh, bird's hatch every time he mows the lawn. Okay. Just gets the same treatment as the grass. Okay. Um, if your lawn is mossy or doesn't look lively, uh, you need to do something about it. It depends on uh, what you can and want and what needs to be done. Maybe it's enough to take a, uh, I don't know what it's called, Mosa Taitari. Uh, it's a machine that just uh, cuts up all the moss. Yeah, I know, I know the, yeah, I don't even know the name in English, I only know uh, the aerator. I see what you mean, yeah. I think it's called aerator, okay. it, and it cuts up all the moss, and it also cuts slices into the soil that lets air into the roots of the grass. Mm -hmm. uh, you may have to, if it's very compact, if the soil is compact, you may have to, uh, No, I'm lacking words. Kata. You, you need to make a lot of small holes with a fork okay. to, get, to get air and water down there. This okay. and there are special forks for it that cut uh, small columns. They make holes and cut, you know, make... It's a bigger hole than you make with a usual gardening fork. And then you can spread sand over it and to fill up the holes. And now the air and water has better access to the root system of the grass. Okay. Uh, now you're ready for summer. You have pruned your hedges, you have prepared your flower beds, and you have tended to your lawn. Great. <laughs> Just enjoy now. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Well, I actually really? enjoy doing stuff out there. But uh, if you want a garden, just look at you. Uh, you may want to uh, have more of 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 uh, have a bigger patio or a deck or something with hard surface, and then all your vegetables and plants in pots, because it's much easier to tend to pots than to flower beds. So if you if you don't want to be on your knees and tending to the beds and so on have pots. Yeah, it could be a nice idea, that's true. And also to keep the beds uh, clean, uh, uh, keep the weeds out of the beds, uh, you can cover them. You can uh, use mulch or some people use gravel. Reykjavik City uses a lot of sand in the beds. I really like using perennials that cover up the ground. Uh, a perennial is a plant that grows every year 
from the root and then dies off in the winter, but the root survives. And then you get get the plant comes again every summer and it flowers or and has yeah just a, they are very different. You can have plants with big leaves, you can perennials with flowers and so on. And if you choose the right perennials, you can you can have them cover the bot the 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 bed the underneath yeah. trees or between bushes and so on. So the soil is not uh, exposed. Exposed soil is just a wound that the nature wants to heal. And usually it heals with what we consider weeds. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. <laughs> and are there specific flowers or plants that, are, that suits uh, best the Icelandic weather? Or? Yes, of course. Uh, of course, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you need plants that can survive cold nights. Mm -hmm. Because a summer night can go down to two or three degrees in Iceland, and you can even have night frost in June and July. Yeah. So uh, you need plants that can tolerate the cold. Um, you need plants that tolerate the, all the different conditions we have. You can, you know, the heavy wind and and then both heavy rain and droughts in between. But um, but I think the cold. And the short growing season are the most uh, limiting factors. But then again, uh, the plants that thrive here, they usually, they tend to thrive better than, for example, in England. When I was working in the botanic garden, we had a lot of, of visitors from England and Germany. And they were so surprised that our flowering plants looked, looked so much better than they used to. And that's probably because we have so much sunlight and uh, so, so sunshine and so much light in the summertime. Yeah. It doesn't get dark for a couple of months. So that's so true. If the plants can tolerate our conditions, they usually thrive very well. Yeah. Okay. Are there any mistakes that we should avoid on the contrary? Um, Common mistake that people do very yeah. often. If you are a new gardener, don't start everything. Don't uh, you just you have to choose a project. If you if you want to start a vegetable patch, don't grow fifteen kinds of vegetables. Choose two or three to start with, and just a small bed, and then you expand it the next year with when you have experience. That's the most common uh, mistake that people do. They they get an idea and they get so excited about it that they want to go all in and then they can't control it then. Okay, yeah. It, it flops. Concentrate on everything, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what would be your, I guess you already told it probably, but what would be your best advice or maybe your three top best tips for people just to... First of all, get... Uh, Get help when you're starting. Have a gardener, landscape architect, uh, somebody who knows what they're doing to come just visit you for a couple of hours. You don't need more than that. And it doesn't cost that much <clears throat> to just have a short visit from, from a professional. And we'll show, they will point out the best spots for different parts of the garden, where, where you want your, where it's best to place your, your vegetable parts. 
where you should have your perennials if you have any and you know where is where you should have your your barbecue area and so on so that's tip number one have a professional help you place things tip number two start early uh, and do it little by little uh, it means uh, if you spend 20 minutes three days a week in your garden you can you know and then outside of that mowing the lawn and so on but 20 minutes three times a week you can keep your garden pretty much uh, neat but if you don't go out there for let's say two weeks you will need almost a full day to recover it so just do it as you as you yeah uh, take your time in the beginning and and uh, do it little by little keep it going and number three enjoy <laughs> i like this advice <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean who cares if if there is a little uh, if there are a few weeds out there or you know there is a plant that needs to be uh, divided because like the perennials you need to divide them every every so many years because they grow out from the center and expand and uh, then they leave the center empty in so many years so you need to divide them and put a new one in the old place and maybe give your friends other parts to put them in different parts of the garden or so on so there are but who cares if it should have done yes been done yesterday just relax and enjoy your garden and uh, don't be afraid of of uh, experimenting try try things have fun yeah that's what it's for it's much easier and much cheaper to have to experiment in your garden than inside your house usually yeah that's that's true although i agree with you it's just what i keep saying also that even inside the garden the house having fun and daring showing what you like your presence yeah it's quite important and we don't want the house to be a museum we just want to have fun and to uh, to have a nice place where we feel well it doesn't have to be perfect it's just yeah. something like a mirror of ourselves so no i, I like i like this advice yeah. uh, but uh there's some courses uh, landscape exist just to learn a little bit about gardening for yes uh, Gardenskifila Island, the Icelandic Horticultural Society. Yeah, I've heard of this, but... Yes, they okay. have courses running all over, all through the year. Uh, the uh, Agricultural University of Iceland, they have all kinds of courses. Uh, those are more about uh, maybe trees and uh, building walls and so on. The Horticultural Society is more about the plants and how to plant your beds. Okay. plant beds and and so on so it's mostly these two uh places but they have both both of them have a number of courses every year with uh about all kinds of things in your garden okay so it's not only for people who want you to be professionals it's also no no no, no. Okay. they have, they okay. have courses open for everyone okay that's great Let's say uh, you want you have never heard of perennials before you don't no. know what it is but you want to start, you, you, you heard that it's, it's a good thing for, to have. And the Horticultural Society probably has a course within the next two or three months about perennials. Okay. Well, that's good. And that's... every spring they have a course about uh, 
herbs and vegetable growing, uh, how to grow your vegetables and so on. And in the fall, they have courses about uh, harvesting and canning your vegetables and making jams and so on. So uh, you really should look at look at their uh, agenda. No, what's the word? Yeah, the yeah, the agenda. Yeah. The agenda. yeah. Okay, that's that's really good to know. I um, did not know this. Um, okay, so I think you told us a lot of advice. That's great. Um, what if you what what was your craziest project? What was your <laughs> biggest challenge or your the most amazing project you've done? Um, I was working in the botanic garden in Reykjavik a few years ago, and one day in walks this German lady and tells us she has a problem. Yeah. Uh, she has a uh, group of botanical uh, tourists coming the next day, and she has planned uh, uh, a tour around the Iceland. Around the island, she knows what they are going to look at and so on. But she needs some help with getting locals to show them around. And thought maybe people at the botanic garden knew stuff, knew new people. And Iceland is a small place; we always know people everywhere. Yeah. So I just sat down with her for a few minutes, uh, I don't know, half an hour or hour, and I got her contacts around the country. And then a little later, she calls me and asks, Stefan, can you come and work for me? Ha. Huh. Yeah, I, I need somebody to work for me for, uh, for, for, for three months in Germany. Um, okay, sure. <laughs> so uh, out I fly to Germany, and for the next three months, I have no, I have no clue what I'm doing. Just, she just needed somebody, and sounded like an adventure. My uh, had I was married and had two kids and so on, and they were all cool with it. I just, I mean, it's an adventure. You should go. So I went, and uh, and uh, for the next three months, I was working for filthy rich Germans, uh, pruning and planting and doing stuff in the most amazing gardens. One of them was like. An English a landscape garden, and but it was uh, in a slope like I don't know 45 degrees in the black forest. Okay. And you could not see from the bottom to the top of the garden because it was just disappear in the mist. It was so big, and I spent I don't know two or three weeks just pruning trees there, and. Uh, the most amazing part of this garden was that there was a path leading all the way to the top. And in every turn, there was a bench with a different view than every other bench in the garden. So from one bench, you would see the church in the town. The next one, you would see the, see the hospital or a fountain or something. And then finally on the top, that was the first time you would see the whole town in front of you. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and then I... Uh, that was what I did during the day. At night, I went to this, uh, to the mother of, of the lady who owned this lot. And she was like 99 years old, and my boss had to teach me how to talk to her properly. You know, we had to use proper, uh, like, thy. I don't know what, what it's called in German. You know, you had to be very polite. <laughs> and uh, she had, like, this huge lot also. And... And 10 or 15 years before, 
all her trees are tied. She had just had one kind of, of uh, fur and got some sickness in it, in it, and in one year it had all died. So she had called Anka Matean, the lady I was working, working for, which is probably the woman in Europe who knows most about trees. Well, the person in Europe. She knows everything about trees. She's, she's insanely smart. And she had called her up and told us, I need a forest. I'm 80 years old. I have, don't, don't have time to wait for it. I need it now. So she had planted a forest of full grown, I'm talking about 10, 12 meter trees all around her lot, just the whole perimeter. And I spent every evening just working in there in the weekends, you know, it was so amazing. It was such an adventure. Wow. So that was, that was probably the craziest thing I've done uh, gardening wise. <laughs> and then again, also, also where I'm now, you know, going, moving to a new town where I don't know anyone and nothing grows and I'm, I'm the gardener here. <laughs> so that was my next question. What is your biggest challenge and difficulty? So maybe it's now? Right now, yes. I think this is my biggest challenge. Uh, uh, but it's, it's very interesting and so nice because um, people are coming out, you know, I'm, I was pruning around the school and, and, and gym yesterday. And people were coming out of their houses and, you know, greeting me and telling me how happy they were to see a professional in the area because they haven't had one for years. And, you know, I drank morning coffee with, with an old couple and then the afternoon somebody else asked me to come and have coffee with them. And it's just so friendly and nice and it makes well, it so much I was so stressed when I got here, when I started, like, what am I doing? What, are, what did I get myself into? I have no clue. I don't know anyone. And, but it makes it just so much easier that how, how, how friendly everybody is. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds exciting. That's true. Um, I think my last question would be to ask you what you like most in your job, finally. You, well, it's to, great yeah. to listen to you. We, we can feel you're passionate. <laughs> I really like it when I when I build something, I make create something, and then I come the year after and I see how it looks. Then I see I did something good, and also you can also get immediate rewards. Like like now I'm pruning trees that haven't been pruned maybe ever, and I have some perennials and some bulbs underneath them that haven't gotten any sunlight for the last years. And now I'm just stemming up the trees. That means I'm cutting all the lowest branches to get the crown to start higher up. So now the sunlight is touching all the bulbs, all the tulips and stuff that's going underneath the trees for the first time. And that gives me just so much pleasure. It's yeah. so amazing to, to it's just, there's so, it's so beautiful. There's so so much, so much beauty in it. Yeah, and I think it's also going to be quite exciting to see how all these flowers and plants going to react. Yes. After your treatment, after your healing. Yeah. Yes, it's, I'm very excited uh, to see how next year starts mm. because this summer will be spent uh, fixing all kinds of stuff and planting a lot of perennials and a lot of bushes. 
and trying out species that are not present in the area, but I think might make it. The biggest uh, factor here is the salt, because we have salt all through the winter, there's salt from the sea. That's the, some of the plants get bathed in salt. So I need to choose plants that can tolerate that. But I'm just so excited to see next spring what what lives, what survives, what thrives. And yeah, so even if you're an expert on this, do you sometimes make mistakes and thinking that some those are the everybody makes mistakes and uh, uh, in gardening there are um, maybe you uh, sometimes there are mistakes sometimes it's just experiments that because yeah. like now i've i've told my boss that i am going to plant so and so many kinds of perennials and bushes i have seen in the towns in the there there are five towns on the on the north side of snifelsness and I have been driving around those towns to see, just see what plants people have in the gardens. And I spotted, oh, there's this plant. I didn't think of that. Maybe, you know, so that's how I've been getting ideas of what to plant. Mm -hmm. And some of them need more attendance than others. Some, some I can just plant in shelter and don't have to worry about it. Others I have to plant in shelter and build a special shelter maybe around it for, for, for the winter time to keep it out of the salt. But some of them may thrive just out in the open. That's also what I'm, you know, when I'm driving around the towns and seeing what people have in the gardens to see which plants are open to the weather and which are sheltered and, and so, yeah. So next year, a lot of them will not, uh, uh, have th have survived the winter, but I don't consider it mistakes. It's an experiment. Experiment, yeah. Uh, and I didn't ask you make mistakes. You know, I have I have told people that I have chosen plants for people, and told them that they will the plants will thrive there, and they will they will do this and that for the garden. And I've been completely wrong. But the best solution is, I mean, the easy. It's easy, easily solved. Then I just go and buy new plants on my account and plant them for them. I mean, it's there's no big harm done. It's easier than like, for example, if you're an electrician or a plumber, you're not allowed mistakes. That's true. So uh, yeah, that. But uh, it's more of a controlled chance we've taken. Okay. <laughs> And I didn't ask you, but during the winter, are there things we should do for gardening? Um, Just we do uh, yes, nature um, in peace. Because uh, weeds, they keep growing way into the winter. So you should be keeping an eye out for weeds uh, until snow, until, until the ground is covered with snow. Okay. Um, after Christmas, you should take your Christmas tree and if you have some other evergreens that have to be cut down or, or trimmed, you should take those and 
cover your most fragile plants because just a thin layer of evergreen branches will can do a lot for the plants underneath even if it's just roots and the you know it's perennials that have have died the the top has died off and the root survives if you put perennials uh, put uh, evergreen branches on top of it you both keep the snow a little bit further away and so there's more air around it and it the ground warms up sooner in the spring because the branches are dark green they they get warm in the sun and they they uh, generate more warmth for the ground so cover your your evergreen evergreens with 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 no your perennials with evergreens okay so we've got to work all your long family there's one thing i forgot to mention that's the compost oh yeah i, I was thinking of it actually yeah. yes you should have a compost in your garden where you put all your leftovers uh, you don't want meat or fish or dairy products in there or eggs mm -hmm. but all your veggies and fruits all your peelings and stuff go in there and in the summertime you add the grass from your lawn the small branches that you cut from trees throughout the summer and so on you just have to uh, be careful to keep a balance in the moisture so if you only put grass in there it gets too moist and wet and just gets soggy and so you need to put grass and then uh, a layer of branches or stilks or even newspapers before you put more grass and so on and it's best if you have three compartments mm -hmm. so in the first year you fill the first one and the next spring you take everything from that first compartment and move it over to the second one and start filling up and then you again start filling up the first one and then on the third year you do it again and in the fourth year you empty the third one and so it takes because it takes three years to get really good compost in iceland okay in europe it maybe takes just a few months because it really uh, the temperature is the big factor there we don't have temperature above 20 degrees yeah. usually so we don't so, so our composting takes longer so we, we usually have a three compartment system for our compost <laughs> I think it's a very good, uh, very good advice that, and very sustainable. So I yes. love. <laughs> well, I think I think we've talked about a lot of subjects that was really really exciting. Uh, I've learned so many things. Was, was, yes, very 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 nice. Yeah, so I must admit that uh, I moved to my new house last summer and I did nothing outside at all. Your, your. Uh, uh, I moved. I moved. Uh, I moved to a new house last uh, summer, but we did some work inside, so I did nothing outside. But you yes. gave me the desire <laughs> to, to do it. So <laughs> that's yes. You should. You should go out there right now. Yeah, Send that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and and ask me. You know, if you have any questions, take pictures and send me, and I will I will help you out. Thank you very much. Um, I was yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you if people have some need some more advice. Can they contact you on somewhere, or what do you advise them if they've got a more specific advice doing some uh, I have no professional uh, account anywhere. No, I know. 
it's just <laughs> it's just me but uh um i will just give you if i send you my information you can put them on your blog how people can find me yeah. i think that's easiest okay thank you very much for this <laughs> so yeah, that's that's all i guess yes thank you very much thank you very much for accepting my invitation well, thank you for for asking me it was it was a pleasure and it was very uh i was very surprised yeah, from yeah when i don't know how to take care of something i like to ask for some help so you've yes. been very helpful i guess thank you very much thank you very much bye bless bless